This is the Jay Doherty Podcast. And now, broadcasting live from downtown Chicago, here's your host, Jay Doherty. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. It's Friday, February 1st, 2019, 7.35 p.m. right now in Chicago. And, I, you know, I actually wasn't planning on doing an episode today, but there has been so much breaking news relative to, you know, the slower part of the midweek. Friday was a big news, and it started at, like, about 5.45 a.m. Central Standard Time when Cory Booker announced his 2020 presidential bid, so all the early morning TV networks could cover it. Everyone was informed when they went to work so they could talk about their political views in the workplace. And uh, we'll talk about the breaking news as of this evening. Literally, it's breaking right now. Ralph Northam, the uh, Democrat, uh, go- Democratic governor uh, from Virginia, has a picture that is confirmed to be himself, at least the collection of pictures, and this will make more sense as we talk more about it, in his uh, 1984 yearbook where he had a picture listed of one man in a blackface and one man in a KKK costume with disturbing quotes and other disturbing images of course this leaked this evening uh, from WTKR excuse me this evening by WTKR and leaked out it's on the headlines of every single major national news publication in the country and even the world of course the conservative uh, media is like Fox News and others are bragging that this is a democratic problem and that they are racist and all this stuff. We'll talk about the takes and how this is affecting uh, not only his bid for re-election, but also bids for presidential candidates. Kamala Harris already responded on Twitter right when the story was made official, saying that we're better than this, we'll fight through it, gotta support me, we'll get through it. He also says uh, that... You know, we need to move. She also says that we need to move forward, and I know a number of other candidates also talked about that. Also on the podcast, we'll talk about Chris Christie. He's promoting his new book. We'll talk about his book, what it says, the important parts of it, the not so important parts of it, and why he says that Trump actually did apologize to him after publicly lying about him on multiple fronts. And uh, we'll also talk about new developments in the Roger Stone case. And in the Russia investigation, the judge is now considering a gag order on Roger Stone. We'll also talk about uh, some other responses to uh, Roger Stone's case, including uh, House Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and others talking about the future of the Russia investigation and what this all means for President Trump and the White House. Well, it's all coming up next on episode number 67 of the Jay Doherty Podcast. And I suppose there's no better place to start Then at the beginning with the breaking news tonight, Virginia Governor uh, Ralph Nordham is confirmed that he has a photo of two people in his yearbook, one in blackface, one in a KKK costume, in a montage, and that's breaking this evening. And uh, WTKR, it it appears that the 1984 yearbook in Eastern Virginia Medical School shows two people... And it is confirmed that this is not Photoshop, this is legitimate, as leaked by WTKR. The capture and the quote below the image says, There are more old drunks than doctors in the world, so I think I'll have another beer. And uh, it's confirmed, of course, that he is, that this is correct. 
The astonishing thing, at least from people who, you know, left on the left analysts that are, you know, talking about this, is that he is a Democrat. He's not a Republican. He's not, you know, he wasn't, you know, some crazy, uh, like Alex Jones type who was really just utterly racist since the beginning and, you know, held very right values as they traditionally do. I'm not trying to, like, label a stereotype or anything, but... You know, historically speaking, it's normally with these states like Virginia, Louisiana, and others, and Alabama, and all these other places, you know, they're, I mean, not that Virginia has any geographical relation to them, at least directly, but historically, you know, it's leaned more right, and uh, he, this Democratic governor, is a Democrat. That's the important part to note. It's very astonishing, very shocking. You know, I think he's really more famously known for his views on abortion. I don't want to talk about that on the podcast, but uh, let's play a clip uh, from him in his speech. Just one of the most prominent speeches. It was pretty much the only time the public got a glimpse of him before this amazing scandal. You know, a few minutes ago, I received a gracious call from Ed Gillespie. I wished him well. And I thanked him for his service. We are back by popular demand. I have taken care of a lot of sick children over the years and their families. And nobody has ever asked me whether I'm a Republican or Democrat, nor have I asked them. It's going to take a doctor to heal our differences, to, to bring unity to our people. And I'm here to let you know that the doctor is in. We listen to a lot of 80s music. And that's basically the highlights of the speech. Again, at the time the story was breaking, there was no comment from uh, the the governor directly, although there's been tons of... Uh, actually, the for a... Oops, sorry about that. Ralph. Don't know why that's playing. I have this kind of replay thing that kind of unmutes sometimes, but, uh, you know, what's really interesting specifically about this is the, the amount of time that it took for the governor's office to respond. It actually was much quicker for critics, and rightfully so, others who were incredibly offended by this to respond. NWACP Derek, uh, President Derek Johnson said, "Blackface is any manner is always sorry. Blackface in any manner is always racist and never okay." This weekend then goes on to say, no matter the party affiliation, we cannot stand up for such behavior, which is why the NAACP is calling for the resignation of Virginia government Governor Ralph Nordham. That is not the only one. Uh, Governor VA was tweeted, and that's his Twitter handle if you want to, for some reason, go follow him. There were tons of people saying racism has no place in Virginia. Uh, there were also places, and uh, this story is actually just being updated right now, but there are tons of people, including uh, uh, Kamala Harris, who, uh, of course, is running for president, uh, tweeting out saying that this is disgraceful, we can move forward as a country, uh, and, you know, this this shouldn't happen. He also just recently uh, released a statement saying, I apologize for these photos, I, you know, this is no longer who I am, and uh, let's let's actually see what his statement is, but before we do so, 
uh, Kamala Harris, her tweet was uh, exactly, and this was literally a minute after the story was confirmed, Kamala Harris said, Leaders are called to a higher standard, and the stain of racism should have no place in the halls of government. The governor of Virginia should step aside so the public can heal and move forward together. I think that's actually very good for her. She jumped right on it and uh, was very very, uh, you know, sure that this is real, that this is, uh, like, you know, the photos were confirmed before she made any assertions, as a lot of politicians do, but, uh, you know, that that's what seems to be the case, and I think that's really good. Uh, I see here a statement says, and I'm quoting this now, earlier today, a website published a photograph from me of me from my 1984 medical school yearbook in a costume that is clearly racist and offensive. I am deeply sorry for the decision I made to appear as I did in the photo and for the hurt that the decision caused then and now. He said this behavior is not in keeping with who I am today and the values I've fought for throughout my career in the military and medicine and in public service. But I want to be clear, I understand how this decision uh, shakes Virginians' faith in that commitment. He goes on to say in the statement, I recognize that it will take time and serious efforts to heal the damage that this conduct has caused. I'm ready to do that important work. The first step is to offer my sincerest apology and to my state absolute commitment to living up for their expectations Virginians set for me when they elected me to be their governor. He should step down. <laughs> he should step down. That's my opinion. Like, plain and simple. He should have not done that, and it was actually not confirmed, because if you take a look at the photo, we'll have it listed on uh, j you cannot tell who is in those photos. There are two men, and the the quality of the photos is terrible. One of them's wearing masks, and the other one has their face painted in highly offens in a highly offensive way. Of course, depicting blackface, which is not even it. Just I don't. I mean, hopefully you understand how offensive that is, and the historical uh, purposes and negative ways that is attributed, you know, throughout the past. But that's what he said, and he confirmed himself in this statement, at least it is assumed, that he was the one in the KKK outfit. And he put this in his medical school yearbook in 1984. 1984 was, I mean, most of the country was pretty far past racism at that point. And uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that seems to be where the story stands right now in terms of relevance. Uh, we'll continue to update you as to whether he, or not he steps down and whether what other action he'll take. Of course, he's most. I would be astonished if, for some reason, he got reelected. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be very, very interesting to see uh, exactly what happens in the next couple of weeks. Let's move on to the uh, breaking Chris Christie story. He did an interview with Jake Tapper about his uh, promoting his book. Let me finish. It was the longest title ever for any book that was ever published about political stuff, at least within the last two years. The full title of the book is, let me finish, Trump, the Kushners, Bannon, New Jersey, and the power uh, of, let's see, sorry, this cover is blurry here, and the power of, uh, what does this say? Hold on, I'm so sorry, I, I can't, I have the, uh, oh, here, the, the power of in-your-face politics, I knew that, I, that's a kind of a famous statement, I don't know why I couldn't figure that out, um, it's by Chris Christie, uh, first of all, on the cover art, I don't know who designed it, it's pretty, uh, it's kind of like, there's a lot, 
There's a lot all at once, and I think that's partially due to the length of the title. Although, one of the important points in the book is when, uh, and this is actually, this is when Jake Tapper of CNN pressed him on an interview today. Chris Christie said exactly, I had no problem with hardball politics, I had some talent for that myself, but knowingly lying because you were pissed that someone else got a newspaper endorsement, to me, that was over the line. He continues on to say, you don't do that to anyone, let alone a friend of long standing. Of course, uh, that's a direct assertion to President Trump. Uh, Jake Tapper goes on to assume that the president has not apologized for that, rightfully so, because there's been no public acknowledgement, at least at that point, that Trump has. Chris Christie, though, says that Trump actually has apologized. This was, at, uh, this was on the lead at 3.20 p.m. Central Standard Time today. Um, he did apologize. He did? Uh, yes. Um, when he, his campaign manager called the next day. Now, let's remember the sequence. He did that in the afternoon in South Carolina. I was in Iowa that evening. I hit him very hard in Iowa. And then the next day, Corey Lewandowski called, called the truce, right. and asked for a truce. I said, if you want a truce, he's got to call me directly. Mm -hmm. He called me directly, and he said to me, I apologize. I know I went over the line. That wasn't right, and I won't do it again. So, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's basically the story there. Uh, I don't know why, or at least, how, like, why, why not? Why did not? Why did Chris Christie not put that in the book? Seems a little bit weird. I don't know, maybe he just wants uh, to go on interviews. In fact, he's done tons. He was on Stephen Colbert's show, then he was on The View, then he was on all these places. Uh, now that he's not, he's no longer the governor of New Jersey. In fact, it was kind of interesting. I watched a Stephen Colbert interview. I highly recommend you watch it. He basically asks the question, who likes you? And, you know, while that may sound funny, like, who likes you? Do you have anyone who, like, legitimately likes you? It is a re very relevant question. Statistically speaking, uh, Chris Christie had the one of the lowest approval ratings as an outgoing governor of 15%. And he said he didn't care on the interview, and now it seems like he is just racking in the book sales, or at least trying to. He's gone on probably more than seven or eight uh, television shows alone within the past week. The book is called Let Me Finish. And uh, I don't have it. I don't plan on purchasing it. Uh, most I don't really purchase a lot of political books, mostly because the important parts are highlighted on the internet. Although it's always good to read, you know, certain things. I do have a couple of political books that I uh, purchased. You know, the one from Steve Bannon when that was all big, big hit and everything. That that was very relevant and everything. So I I did get that one. Um, actually, let me see. You know, what's really interesting and. Uh, this kind of contradicts Trump's general philosophy, although he contradicts a lot of general things. Um, he On Stephen Colbert's show, just to try and bring this full circle, uh, Trump said that he has nothing to apologize for on his show, which I thought was pretty interesting. And he actually says this uh, in an interview with The Late Show. In the very, very early days of the beginning of The Late Show, uh, when when Stephen Colbert was just starting out on CBS, uh, he basically asked him the question, flat out, as he normally does, do you have anyone to apologize for? He actually opens up the segment by saying, you know, I've said so many bad things about you over the years, even before you threw your hat in the ring for, uh, you know, a presidential run. 
and I'd like to apologize to you directly for these actions. Do you want anyone to apologize to you? I also want to uh, apologize to you because I've said a few things about you over the years that that are, uh, you know, in polite company, perhaps are unforgivable. Almost. Almost unforgivable. And some nice things. Uh, and some nice things. I don't remember. I don't remember saying anything nice. I don't remember saying anything nice. But anyway. I hope I hope you'll accept my apology, accept and I just want to give you the opportunity. Is there anybody you'd like to apologize to right now yourself? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Maybe the audience. No one to apologize at all. Okay. No. No. Let's no talk, apologies. Uh, let's let's talk about the immigration for just a second. All right. So okay. it goes on. He talks um, about the wall. Actually, this is when he really famously. And, you know, uh, introduce the wall. We have a country. We have borders. We have no border right now. Mm -hmm. We don't have a country. We have to create. Number one, we're going to build a wall. Number two, we're going to. Okay. There's the wall part. Even with your crowd, I hear that. No, they love that. And it goes on and continues. And, you know, this was in the very, 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 very early days of Trump's campaign. September 23rd, 2015 was the interview was when, when the interview was published. Who knows when it was actually taped? Probably a couple days before. So, very interesting there, and, you know, I think, I mean, of course, these statements from gov uh, New Jer former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie were uh, not not exactly, you know, they, they didn't happen at the time Trump said this, but just for uh, contextual sake, I thought I'd play uh, that as well. Um, if you, Just out of curiosity, if you don't know, uh, the current uh, New Jersey Governor is Phil Murphy, just for to give you the existing look of current times. Um, speaking of uh, New Jersey, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, Cory Booker. Do you know the name? <laughs> I'm sure you do. And if you don't, then that's unfortunate because you have not been paying attention to the news, at least recently. We're going to talk about Cory Booker's now presidential run that was confirmed this morning at about 5.45. I had full coverage on the Doherty Files, which you can find at j-doherty.com slash news. He introduced his campaign with a video. You know, unfortunately, his website uh, was not the best uh, that I've seen in terms of campaign websites. Uh, although, he said in the video, I pointed out some important parts, and I'll play the whole video for you now in just a couple of seconds here. But he said that the history of our nation is defined by collective action, by interwoven destinies of slaves, slaves and abolitionists, of those born here and those who chose America as home, of those who took up uh, arms to defend our country, and those who linked arms to change it. He references actions even in that just one little statement. He references actions about Donald Trump, specifically citing that immigration uh, mention that he, you just heard. He said, um, you know, of those born here and those who chose America as home. So certainly a little bit of a pushback on Trump's side. I have the tweet, the original tweet embedded on there. He says in the video, he talks about when he was a baby and the, the morals that his parents tried to push on him and the morals that he's implementing today. At uh, 5.14 a.m. today, he, or no, sorry, 6.14 a.m. today, he put out this video on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Here he is. In America, we have a common pain, but what we're lacking is a sense of common purpose. What's up? 
I grew up knowing that the only way we can make change is when people come together. When I was a baby, my parents tried to move us into a neighborhood with great public schools, but realtors wouldn't sell us a home because of the color of our skin. A group of white lawyers who had watched the courage of civil rights activists were inspired to help black families in their own community, including mine. And they changed the course of my entire life. Because in America, courage is contagious. My dad told me, boy, never forget where you came from or how many people had to sacrifice to get you where you are. So over 20 years ago, I moved into the central ward of Newark to fight slumlords and help families stay in their homes. I still live there today, and I'm the only senator who goes home to a low-income inner-city community, the first community that took a chance on me. We are better when we help each other. The history of our nation is defined by collective action, by interwoven destinies of slaves and abolitionists, of those born here and those who chose America as home, those who took up arms to defend our country, and those who linked arms to challenge and change it. There's that I point. believe that we can build a country where no one is forgotten, no one is left behind where parents can put food on the table, where there are good paying jobs with good benefits in every neighborhood, where our criminal justice system keeps us safe instead of shuffling more children into cages and coffins, where we There's see the record. faces of our leaders on television and feel pride, not shame. It is not a matter of can we, it's a matter of do we have the collective will, the American will. I believe we do. Together, we will channel our common pain back into our common purpose. Together, America, we will rise. Wow. I'm Cory Booker, and I'm running for president of the United States of America. Cory 2020, you can learn more about his campaign at CoryBooker.com. I don't mean to be biased whatsoever, although I thought that was a very good video. And, uh, you know, those quotes about what he was taught, uh, you know, as, as a child was very, very uh, important uh, and very interesting. And I think the context of the video, the production value of the video was very high. So good job to uh, Cory Booker's team. The video right now has 2.84 million views on Twitter alone, although even though those numbers are pretty high, Kamala Harris seems to be leading the race and most everyone agrees, including... President Donald Trump. He said in a statement that uh, pres or that this candidate, Kamala Harris, who of course is um, a Democrat from California, a Democratic senator who actually just appeared on a, uh, be well, before she officially announced, but when she was hinting at it, uh, when, when um, you know, she appeared, she actually appeared uh, before on the Breakfast Club to appear, to appeal to that kind of crowd because, you know, being Diversifying your uh, target audience as a political candidate is obviously very important, as we learned, actually, as we did not learn <laughs> from Trump's campaign. CNN has uh, been boasting her pretty pretty heavily. They've been in heavy, heavy support of uh, Mrs. Harris. And um, they actually held a town hall with her in Iowa at night. Uh, where she talked about and answered voter, potential voters' questions about the state of the nation, the state of the country, and what she'll do. One of the most controversial things Mrs. Harris plans to 
try to uh, instate is Medicare for all. And, you know, I thought one of the most interesting questions actually came uh, from a voter in, uh, from a voter in the audience at that CNN town hall. I watched it live. I was not going to cover it live just because, you know, for biased reasons, I didn't want to seem to push forward on Mrs. Harris's campaign, but here's a video that I just wanted to pull out, uh, for, you know, a little bit of a clip, uh, that I wanted to pull out from Mrs. Harris's town hall. What is your solution to ensure that people have access to quality health care at an affordable price? And does that solution involve cutting insurance companies as we know them out of the equation? Um, I believe the solution, and I'm and I'm actually feel very strongly about this, is that we need to have Medicare for all. That's just the bottom line. say this, and this is, I think, why you're also asking this question. What we know is that to, to live in a civil society, to be true to the ideals and the spirit of who we say we are as a country, um, we have to appreciate and understand that access to health care is a, is, it should not be thought of as a privilege. It should be understood to be a right. It should be understood to be something that all people should be entitled to so that they can live a productive life, so they can have dignity. And having a system that makes a difference in terms of who receives what based on your income is unconscionable, it is cruel, and in many situations that I have witnessed, inhumane. And, you know, that's, I mean, but how the heck are you going to pay for it? I mean, I, I agree, and I think everyone, literally everyone, would agree and probably want universal health care, including Republicans who have been very, very against it. Oh, and it looks like there's just breaking news right now as I'm broadcasting live. A video from Twitter under Ralph Northam just came out, uh, and uh, we'll play that in just a second when we confirm it is real and everything, but... Uh, you know, I, she, she goes on on her, and you can view it on her website, we'll have the link, uh, about how she plans to pay for it, and how, I mean, I agree with her, it, it, it is cruel to have people who cannot afford, uh, healthcare, or Medicare, or aid when they need it, if they can afford it, they are human, they deserve human rights, especially when they're in, when they're in, the world's superpower for defense, for power, for freedom, for a lot of things. So I agree with her on that. It's just a matter of pragmatic reality, as it always seems to be uh, with with politics in general. Let's see if we can get uh, Mr. Nordham's video up here. Fellow Virginian, um, oh, short of whoa, the state. that was not correct. Sorry. When there's breaking news like this, I mean, seriously, this came out just six minutes ago as I'm broadcasting live at 8.02 p.m. right now. Let's see what Mr. Nordham has to say. He says, uh, he talks about his statement, apologizing for the behavior in his past. That's according to him. And he says that, I'm sorry if it falls short of the standard that you set for me when you elected me to be your governor. I think you deserve directly to hear from me. So he delivers this video message from what I presume to be his office. My fellow Virginians, earlier today I released a statement apologizing for behavior in my past that falls far short of the standard you set for me when you elected me to be your governor. I believe you deserve to hear directly from me. That photo 
and the racist and offensive attitudes it represents. The person I am today are the way that I have conducted myself as a soldier, a doctor, and a public servant. I am deeply sorry. I cannot change the decisions I made, nor can I undo the harm my behavior caused then and today. But I accept responsibility for my past actions, and I am ready to do the hard work of regaining your trust. I have spent the past year as your governor fighting for a Virginia that works better for all people. I am committed to continuing that fight through the remainder of my term and living up to the expectations you set for me when you elected me to serve. Thank you. And uh, emphasis on the remainder of my term. <laughs> uh, you know, if there is a remainder of your term, sir. Although, you know what I think is really interesting? He says, my fellow Virginians. Well, the reality is you are number one on CNN has, CNN's headlines. Washington Post headlines, Fox News headlines, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, and so many others. And you're saying Virginians. This video has more views and retweets combined than any of your constituents even have, or that your existing constituents even have in the state of Virginia. This is a relevant story on a national basis. This is not state-specific. He, when he says the remainder of his term, I suppose he's not thinking that he will be kicked out or resign or anything like that. Uh, or he's thinking that he's not going to be reelected. Which, obviously, is probably... He's, there's very, very, very little chance that he will get uh, reelected. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's really interesting to see this. We're gonna, I'm actually going to take a look at this uh, census rating here. In Virginia, 19.55%, uh, nearly 20% of all of the citizens in Virginia are African American, which is crazy. This ranks number nine in the country as of a couple years ago, and that's according to the United States Census. A, a, a statistics put out by the uh, government that he works for. It's really just disgraceful, and I think he should resign. <laughs> that's, that's the end of it. No debate, no question about it. He should resign, because this is wrong. And it's not like... Okay, first of all, two things about this, and I, I won't go on a rant, because I do have to... Oh, it looks like I'm actually past my time here. I didn't even realize. Uh, but maybe I'll just go on for a little bit longer. Um, you know, the, the problem with this, number one, he was not like a young very young, you know, person to who wouldn't even understand the hate and emotion that this would bring to someone. This is when he was in, after college, in medical school, in his mid-twenties, he, he had this photo in his yearbook. In his mid-twenties, he had this photo in his yearbook. That's what you have to remember. And also, there can be things that could be interpreted, interpreted as racist, there are things that could be uh, perceived as racist by some, but not by others. There are things that are questionable. There are things that are not questionable. This falls under the category of definitely racist and and unquestionably wrong. This is like 
as worse as you can get, blackface in a KKK costume, like, are you kidding me, like, how is he still allowed to be in the government, let alone serve in this country as a public servant, that's my little rant on that, and uh, I think many people will agree with me, let me know your thoughts, call the number 312-625-8492, leave a voicemail, we'll play it next on the show, you know, I was going to talk about Roger Stone and the interview that Trump gave in the White House, but I think we're going to have to push it off till tomorrow, unfortunately. So I'm very sorry about that. That is going to be the last story of today on the Jay Doherty podcast, so we got to swoosh that out right there, and also we'll fade out for the sh- the end of the show today. Thank you so much. This is one of the later episodes I've done. I normally do not do shows, you know, past, I don't know, 6 o'clock, but there was a lot of news today, and I wanted to be on top of it as my commitment to you to do. If you want to learn more and get the news straight in your inbox, I'm actually launching a new feature as of this Monday. And if you want to get on the list for weekly updates, you can do that. If you want to get on the list for breaking updates, that's also an option. You can learn more about that at uh, j-story.com slash newsletter or go to the uh, j-story.com slash tdf or slash news to learn more about the Doherty Files and my reporting over there. That's mostly text reporting. And you can get a shout-out if you call the number 312-625-8492. You get a chance to talk and be featured on the podcast and also share your opinions. So, yeah. That's what that's the way it stands right now. It's 8.08 right now, Friday, February 1st, 2019, in Chicago, where I'm broadcasting right now. Temperatures are better for those who care. 17 degrees right now as I'm ending the, the stream. At this time yesterday, it was about uh, zero. <laughs> and that's conser- that's conservatively speaking. All right, well, that's going to be the end of the podcast. I'm uh, wrapping up here about three minutes and 50 seconds late, but that's all right. It's Friday. Happy Friday. Have a good weekend. Tons of coverage to come out. Again, if you want to get those weekly updates, come out every Monday at 5 a.m. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you on tomorrow.